Welcome to the Punters Preamble. I'm Simon Tanopoulos. I'll be joined by Adam Blenko as we look ahead at the weekend's racing. I've got to say, I'm very excited for Very Elegant returning on Tuesday. Yep. And she will be our um, taking some liberties. Well, Goodwood got out of the way with the, anyway, the big ratings in the first three days. So they, they can't, they're not on the weekend. So um, Very Elegant next Tuesday gets the nod as the highest rated horse going around this weekend. Yeah. Um, Jackie's Warrior is going around in the US and is technically rated higher than it. But, but I haven't really looked at the race, so we skip Jackie's Warrior. We can give him a little passing nod. Good on you, buddy. Uh, and roll across to yeah Deauville on Tuesday for the return of Very Elegant over a mile in the pre-Rothschild. What can you tell us about Very Elegant in terms of it's only going to be a small field, but on past history of the race and what we usually expect from her over a mile... She must be a winning chance. So the, she's well. She had the highest rating in the race, but by virtue of a run over two miles. Mm. But she does have a couple of others that are probably a fraction better than Saffron Beach, who is Saffron Beach has run 121 in two of her last three, and I think it's very safe to forecast her running, you know, barring incident, right up around that level again. History of the pre Rothschild last ten years has been a bit un, tick under 121. So Saffron Beach would be a rock solid, even slightly better than average winner of it. Um, and as I said, it's she's there to, to run really well for Jane Chappelheim. So if Saffron Beach does beat Very Elegant next Tuesday, we'll be claiming a, an Australian victory through Jane Chappelheim and we'll have knocked off those dirty Kiwis. Perfect. <laughs> but Very Elegant is obviously good enough to, to beat her and her mile record is, she's better over further, but her mile record is, is terrific and she's won a past three, I think two Chipping Nortons and a, and a George Main and run... Got here 116, 119, 118. So that's probably not going to knock Saffron Beach off, but it's going to put a bang there. Tenebrism is rated 118 after winning the other day in the, the Jean Pratt. She's been beaten twice at a mile and won back to 1400. So I think there'll be some thinking that a mile is stretches her anyway. But uh, she was pretty good at Ascot. I, I think she soft softer mile here. She'll get it. So she, yeah, very elegant's going to have to be on her. On her miling game to, to beat that one, and Pearls Galore's rated 117 across from Ireland as well. So there's enough there to, to make it hard for her. But, yeah, no, she does. She is a good miler, very elegant, for all that she's got that career peak in over two miles and, and she was a, you know, an Oaks filly. And I think even though she's done so much of her racing over 14 and a mile, I think pretty much everyone concedes that she's a, she's a stamina filly, right? Mm. From a handicapping perspective, what's a pass mark for you? Oh, I think they'll they'll want to be bang where she is at her best here. So they'll, not at her best here, but at her, at her mile form here, which, as I'm saying, I think probably runs a a threatening second to Saffron Beach. I think if she does worse than that, it'll be a it'll be slightly underwhelming given what they want to do with her. Mm. Yeah, I mean, she's not over there to um to run admirably in a couple of races, which is probably the most likely scenario, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it's as you say, it's it's actually really interesting to see her. Go and have a crack. The Romanay follows this. This is the start of the, the Deauville Carnival, which is a month of racing up up at Deauville. Terrific carnival. And at the end of that carnival is the, the Romanay over 2000, which I assume is where she's headed. And, and I would assume that these two runs are what makes the decision. Is she just there to, you know, if she if she disappoints in those runs, man, you know, basically can't run a place in those, I, I guess they'd probably just go to the breeding barn and, and shelve the Arc Dream. But if she could win one of those and it should be she should be able to 
second up into the Romanay without knowing what's going to be there. That's a race that she's good enough to and should be about about winning. Yeah. And, if, and if she's not, well, I'd be thinking, let's just end it. But You've done an amazing job. It's time to go to the barn. Yeah, she's been awesome. She's been awesome. No, very, very excited. Don't get too excited about horses running when you haven't had a bet, but I'll be very excited to see how she goes because would like to see her perf- – I mean, it'd be amazing if she was able to get back to that Melbourne Cup figure, unlikely in an arc, but if she did, wow. Yeah, no, I think the Melbourne Cup figure was a um, – Perfect storm? Perfect storm. I was saying this the other day, actually, about how the the ride and it, and the way everything went there was – it. It almost went so smoothly that it was sort of underplayed. But it was it was um J Mac at his very, very best. And I don't she how much would have to go right for her to get back to that figure? Too much, to be yeah. honest. It's it's probably it's not, not gonna, gonna happen. happen. But she's certainly run to hundred and twenty three several times, including at a mile when beaten by Tiakao Shark. Sure. Sneaky underrated horse, Tiakao Shark. Ah, shame he got obviously cut down there by injuries. Mm. The Dunno, we obviously did Gold Trip and Mugger 2 last week. Gold Trip goes around. He remains around. a Dunno. He remains a Dunno, but then the Australian Bloodstock updates, they're very good with all of these. Older Stallion resuming on a very testing track is the issue. He's very classy though and will be charging late. Can win, but place seems the best option with his setup here. Follow him. Translation, it's a pipe opener. He's drawn wide again. He'll be going back and just want to see him hit the line. So he's a Dunno that we know about. Yeah, we know now. So the other resumer that we've plucked out as a Dunno, we head north to Eagle Farm. I was interested to see off a few zeros, which you know always gets me interested. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna you I better lean to you for pronunciation here. Stoyani. <laughs> Giannis, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Waller kicking him off in much calmer waters than he has faced pretty much from day one. Mm. And he... He's double-figure odds in, in early betting because last preparation he ran last and last. Mm. So I can understand people having no real interest in him based on that. But if we ignore those two ratings, we go back and we find, I think, half a dozen in a row that would win this. Yeah. I'm even I'm even saying his Caulfield Guineas 10th is in the game here. Would have to be. Mm. The fact that he was good enough to earn himself a crack at a Caulfield Guineas. He was a, a first-up winner over 1,500 at the Grange when he beat Tiger of Malay, who's now, you know, shaping the breed. That's how good Tiger of Malay was. Settle. <laughs> and his two Eagle Farm runs, he's he's run a eye-catching, if you like, but behind the great Tiger in the size, and he's run second in an Atkins to converge. Again, you wouldn't say, I mean, that at the time was, I mean, converge walloped them, and mm. it, he didn't produce... We say he's run second in a Group One. It's a rating of 106. It's not. It's barely Group Three form from him. Mm. Um, but he's in an off-season handicap on the minimum. And the favourite in early betting is once again Pilatus. <laughs> My goodness me! It's a myth, right? I don't know why he's really consistent, Pilatus. Like that's just him, mm. and he keeps being priced up as if he's. Five or six pounds better than that. Um, so Pilatus, yeah, okay, he'll he'll run well again. And if they all, I bet it has to go well for him to actually win. And Yanni, sorry, go. Would I? I mispronounce that. No, it's perfect. Yeah, good. <laughs> Would beat him. So 
double figure odds are, are tempting. Looks like Elvis is actually interesting, except I hate what they're going to do with him. He's gone back. He's won from. Yeah, he's done the the worst thing you can do as a horse is is win from last, looking like a rocket, and then he goes forward and then punches forward in the winter championship and runs a bad one. So they're like, oh well, ride him too close. Oh no, he's uh, gonna. The, they'll have decided that he can only win if he's last. So that's going to make life tricky for Elvis. Tokariki lad beat Red Chase the other day. Was running away from him at the finish. The sectionals say Red Chase has his work cut out to turn the tables and. They was, I mean, the time doesn't look crash hot against Honeypot there unless Honeypot's really good. No, not really good, but unless Honeypot's better than I th- think Honeypot is. Mm. I think Honeypot is useful but not better than that. So basically you're saying there's nothing scary there. There's not much going on. There's probably another Dunno there in Love Tap. Yeah. Pulled up with the Arrhythmia last start. He's a, actually not a, not a dissimilar profile. He could be the Dunno as well. Hmm. Yeah. The interesting thing with Janis, Yanis. Is, Don't you mispronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure people know who we're talking about. He finished his prep in Sydney and then is obviously spelled in Brisbane, which looks a complete reboot. And mm. they've looked at it going, where did he run well last? Very train of mind. Very train of mind. Eagle Farm, let's get him up to Brisbane. We'll spell him up there, give him two trials and away from all the wet tracks because he doesn't go in the wet, which he saw his last two starts. So, yeah, interesting I mean, we we're almost getting to the point where we're making a case for him not being a Dunno, but a bet. Well, yeah. But we can uh, throw some confusion and keep him in the Dunno bucket by saying Chris Waller first up's just a train wreck, right? Yeah, it's horrendous. Yeah. yeah. So that, that tips him back into the, I don't know. Dunno. You could just be burning cash. Yeah. Now, the Bizarro one was actually a debate mm. because bizarre to me and not bizarre to Adam. But anyone who follows my views on Sydney will know that I loathe Hawkesbury form tribe of people following your views in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've said it a few times. It's horrendous, Hawkesbury. Can't back it anywhere, won't back it anywhere except at Hawkesbury. If you want to have a bet at Hawkesbury, I never do. But Alpha One comes down to the valley. I'm licking my lips. They've marked it favourite. I'm going, how good's this? And I turn to Adam and say, well, we're getting that beat because you just pen Hawkesbury form and you say there's nothing to beat him. I think it's a pretty poor race and I think he's the right favourite, yeah. I don't actually think what price have you got a market? Yep, it's two sixty at the moment. Yeah, I, I must admit I'm not. Um, we'll get better than that, especially once your subscribers get your anti Hawkesbury mail. <laughs> but I had to come up with something to refute because mm. I don't, you know, I don't like any of that stuff. No, you hate that stuff. I hate anyone trying to put labels on things. It's a bad idea. I make his his time at Hawkesbury looks pretty good, doesn't it? Mm. They always look good. This is the thing. It's why the second it's so horse bizarre. is the issue. If the second horse wasn't there close to him, yeah. the, the big gap back to third, the time looks good against the card. He was still green, like he's still learning, so there's more to come from him. Snowden, clever, they're on song at the moment, targeting Melbourne well. Good D- draw, D Lane booked and we're going forward and it's the rails three at the valley and this time of year at the valley where the school keeps the side softer than the rest of the track so hit the quick ground quicker than everything everyone else will still be struggling so there's he's got things in his favor here mm. there's things to like yeah last five years hawkesbury to mooney valley oh how many nine yeah four four winners and really a, and an impact value of 4.74 so okay. they're winning nearly five times what they should have you got the winners there no i didn't bother <sighs> I just I just saw impact value four seven four and beating more runners home at Mooney Valley than they did at Hawkesbury, only by two percent, but that's something. Something. I'm seeing a positive effect. I'm almost saying Hawkesbury sets you up for Mooney Valley. <laughs> <laughs> so Hawkesbury for me is the worst form in Sydney, 
And then the second to that is Newcastle really? 900 meter form. That is just in no, the bin. Yeah. Well, they haven't even flicked. I mean, that's that's an aerobic form. Yeah. They haven't even flicked past the aerobic button. Yeah. So you, yeah, okay. Well, that is bad form. Yeah. So he's got two wins to his name that I would say are nothing. Oh, because he's Newcastle 900 before that. I see. I see your angle. Yeah. So I don't really think he's a horse in that sense. Well, not enough. You know, you would have got better odds at him winning at Hawkesbury last start. Now he comes down to the valley. Surely, like no, nah, we'll get we'll hard. get a, we'll get a better price at the valley than we did. At yeah, Hawkesbury. And Hawks have a first starter in there. He is from the family of well, yeah. that caviar. I just like just clicked on him. He'll have he'll have boom around him. Matt Laurie's horse mell him up, and and the time was fine without being spectacular at Cranbourne. There's a there's a Friedman thing that started deep odds on on Boo Prado, mm. and lost lost to the winner actually. Fishing runs here, but that was a small field, nothing race, time terrible, low pressure. So I, I sort of think Prado is probably we could almost treat that like a barrier trial. So there's there's enough there to say. I mean, Alpha One will surely be bigger than two to one. Yeah, what's well, bizarre at the moment if he if he jumps I'll, inside right, two to I'll one, I'll concede you that maybe that price is tipping into the the bizarre. It's a that's a nonsense early price. Yeah, I mean the two horses he beat last start got towed yesterday. But I my argument against the um, is he towed the Bizarro them? thing is that um, oh well there's that. But there's my argument against the Bizarro tag mm. is that I think he is the right favourite. Okay, I don't think he's the right price, but I think he's the right favourite. Paddy Payne's been more prominent than ever. Is the guava from 10? It's going back, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah, he has been close. He was in Adelaide, but yeah. um, I didn't think that was I yeah, didn't think that form. was much form. No. Although, I mean, and I loved, as you know, all I want to do is find Paddy Payne, mm. but that one didn't do much for me. Yeah. I certainly, again, I, I couldn't possibly mark him shorter than Alpha 1 off that beautiful Hawkesbury win. Yeah. <laughs> now, while we're on the valley... We can't not mention winner takes it all in race three. Big owners in this horse. Sheikh Khalifa, Gary Crisp. <laughs> Two big names. Two big names. Flies yeah. the lids. They're expecting it to run well. And I think she has a really good chance. Well, I think she's, she's a – the most interesting thing outside of her con, you know, powerful connections yeah. about winner takes all is that she's one of these horses that I'm looking to take some chances on in the early spring here, who have run, sort of put into the right races and have only been fair but looking very much stuck in the mud. Mm. And, we've, I mean, we've probably bored everyone to death yeah. banging on about how the two-year-olds were held back by wet tracks. We get it, guys. We get were. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so you're sort of looking at these horses and thinking they could be something that they weren't. Mm. One that I'm like a horse like Count the Headlights, who so Kieran Maher and David used to run him in the Diamond Size and Champagne. So he's their horse. They've obviously got him. They've got an army of good horses, and they're good judges. And they they've decided to run him in those races. He ran really well in the size, I think. But he could just be his form might be a complete misreflection of him. Yeah. He'd be so much better than that um, in more normal circumstances. So I'm looking to you know markets can only price up what they've seen. And I'm thinking there's a lot of unseen here. So we're guessing. but I think this transition from two to three is probably one of the harder ones we've seen in recent times. Yeah. Because we really have no idea. Mm. I mean, people tell you that it's one of the biggest transitions anyway. Yeah. Maybe that's that's a received wisdom that probably gets overplayed a little bit. I mean, good two-year-old form, you know, if you want to be the best three-year-old, it's a good thing to be one of the best two-year-olds. It's a good start. There is a strong correlation between it. But yeah, this we might be dealing with even more unknowns. But if we don't know, the market doesn't know. So that's a bit of fun. Yeah, true. 
Very true. One question got asked during the week on Twitter in regards to the Milky Bar kid, Naval Warfare. So they met in the match race and then Naval Warfare easily turned the tables on Wednesday. The question was posted, was Milky Bar kid flat off that run and Naval Warfare was primed off that run? So if you look at the sectionals out of that race at Warwick Farm prior, Milky Bar kid did get cooked in front. Brent went too fast and then he's come out and run a flat one. So it's easy to sort of say, oh, well, he overdid it. It would be fair. I mean, I don't, I'll let you talk about this, but it would be fair to say that a match race is going to be a very different, a completely different scenario to mm. a different pace. Like the whole thing is a different setup to a well, it's so different race right yeah. Obviously it was against the Milky Bar kid and it was interesting listening to Adrian Bot prior to the race. Always tricky to work out what actually matters when trainers get interviewed before a race. But whenever I hear he's been up for a long time, to me that translates like he's had enough, like this is his last run before a break. So that's what Adrian Bott said prior to the run and then he's ran a flat one. In regards to naval warfare... Getting their excuses in order. Mm, yeah. In regards to naval warfare, I've got no idea. First win since New Year's Day 2019. Did that run prime him up for it? You look at the sectionals, there's nothing in there to suggest it would have. He's just had a good day. Just had a good day. The, the hardest thing to cop about that was Maricopa's gap the rest and naval warfare wasn't in the race on Saturday. So would have won on Saturday. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> that was the hard thing. But in terms of everything else, yeah, I, there was nothing there, I could say, clever to find naval warfare. It's just racing. I'd put all the quantitative assessment to the side and just say it was the power of Ron Lehman. And a great ride. Power of Ronnie Lehman. <laughs> Call it. Memories free. of innings. Yeah. Remember innings? You're probably too young. Yeah, I'm a bit young. But I do remember you talking about it. He won a winter challenge one day. He beat, I think, Coco. Of course he did. He beat Coco Ruru on an overcast day at Rose Hill in a winter challenge. At a good price, I think. Yeah. It might be why it's Did you back it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you might have backed it. You always remember your winners. Have you got a best bet for us tomorrow? Uh, I made my best bet. Lakeen. Oh, you love he that know yeah. yeah, yeah. He unfairly got a reputation as a non-winner when he was um, running second. I think he was actually running out of his skin on ground he didn't like as opposed to underachieving and turning it up. Yep. And as is so often the case, he quickly made um, people who tried to stick that label on him look foolish by winning yep. twice. <laughs> and they just happened to be the two good tracks that he – the first two good tracks he hit in Australia. He went bang, bang, and then he did a lot of good things sectionally – on good to soft ground, which is sort of the ground he's probably going to face tomorrow. And it doesn't hurt that the Travis Harrison Cup, Travis Harrison was Craig Williams' cousin, who unfortunately died in a car accident. So it might just be the open handicap at the Valley to, to most, but um, it's a meaningful race to Craig. So he's um, he's all in. Yeah, And, of course, that doesn't make Lackeen any faster, but at least you know when you're backing him tomorrow, you've got Craig in your corner and he's hot. Off four wins and into a race that he'll be um, he'll be up all night drawing up the game plan for this. Yeah. So I think he gives Lacan a big steer tomorrow, and I think with that steer, I think he's got enough horse. I think Lacan's ready. Two rust removers. Yep. I think he's done enough in both of those as well. I think he's done done a bit, and yeah, he's nine dollars early betting. You might even be able to shop better. I don't know. Race eight, load her up. Eight dollars. Eight dollars. Eight dollars. Nine dollars is around. And I think you could make a case that he's he's shorter than that. Chief Alton is, has been a star over the winter, and he deserves. I don't like. I always think it's stupid when people say he deserved that win, as if there were others that didn't. Mm. Um, but he has raced better than just a Sandown Lakeside win. It's terrific. Behind he ran B 
booming splits that day again behind Visanari. Absolute tragedy behind oh. Miracle Ladder. Was he ever? No. But I thought he. I thought there might have been a little hint that a busy prep had. He started mm. to look a little tired. To yeah. Me and, and now he's been to Sydney and back, looked a little tired, and I'm I'm happy enough at two sixty to pass. Yeah. And that opens up some opportunities. And w- once you get past him, we've got Tavi Dance. Well, I don't think he was any better than Lackeen last start. And he has a nasty little habit of stepping slow, Tavi Dance. So if he steps slow and Craig's going to be on from the get-go, I'm thinking things might pan out better for Lackeen than they do for Tavi Dance. And there's not much between them. Things went really well for Zoltan last start. So he's he looks screwed down at that price. Thought of that. and Jeez. Maybe dangerous, but happy enough to risk. And old Justa Canter will run on and finish third. Easy game. Yeah, there you go. That's the Travis Harrison Cup summarised perfectly. Do you have one in Sydney you want to plug make, up? Make a case. Interesting card in Sydney. Heavy again? Didn't even bother looking, I assume so. <laughs> Wicklow for me is certainly the horse that going through the fields jumped off the page, first of all. Off a long break coming into this prep. He was okay first up and then Rose Hill second up, 1,500, good track, awesome, winning there. Then they went to Grafton and that was so slow, that race, unbelievable. The time figure I think was like in the 40s, horrendous. He's got back, he's been out sprinted. Now fourth up, Bowman on, inside draw, home track, 1,800. To me it's, you know, and he's just better than him. So... Clearly the best bet for me in Sydney there tomorrow. I think if you got asked prior to him returning, when would you want to back Wicklow this prep? I think this is the race you would have penned and highlighted as, all right, fourth up, home track. He's ready now. All the rust has been knocked off. And Hugh Bowman inside draw is sensational. Gets a chance to stalk. Obviously a back marker, but inside draw just allows you to settle probably a pair or two closer than you would. He just lands there. So for me, I think anything better than two to one is a great bet because I don't really see any dangers in terms of horses of similar talent. This looks a penalty kick for him. Nothing from you? I thought that was I was I was leaving the dead air for the edit. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps us up. Adam will be on holidays for two weeks, so we'll put the review on pause, but we'll do the punnins preamble as per normal. I'll get the gun involved. And uh, we'll hear from you in two weeks. Enjoy the holiday.